You're listening to the Radical Disruption Podcast with Maya Nicole, nursing student turned multi-six-figure online entrepreneur. Here we talk all things real and raw when it comes to entrepreneurship and what it really takes to get to the next level. Leave the small biz talk at the door and buckle up for the tangible, tactical, and actionable steps that will help guide you in building a disruptive business. Let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Radical Disruption. Today I'm going to be breaking down 10 quick tips that you can apply to your Instagram to really take things to the next level in terms of professionalism. And also, I would say that if you are on Instagram and you are feeling stuck or it things just don't feel fun anymore and you just want to really bring back some life to not just your Instagram account, but also as just a content creator, these are going to be some really great tips for you. And as I wrote these out, I was kind of reflecting on my journey as not just an Instagram expert, but just as a content creator on Instagram with growing my following and, you know, switching up my strategy and all these different things that, you know, apply to Instagram. And what I kind of realized reflecting back is it's the small things that really do make the biggest difference. And what I mean by that is, of course, like if you get a rebranding or if you brand your Instagram account, like those things are so powerful. And, you know, if you switch up your content strategy or if you, you know, start posting more or start posting less, like those are pretty big things and those things do make a difference. But there are a lot of small things, like small little baby tweaks that you might not even recognize that you are doing or you might not even recognize how it works as a consumer until I start saying these things. And then you're going to be like, wow, this is so powerful. And so that's what I hope that you take away from these 10 quick tips is that, yes, they are small, but they are so, so, so powerful. So let's dive in. Number one, speak to people with you versus you guys. What I mean by this. So if you are on your stories or you are on a live video on Instagram or you're doing a talking reel, don't start with, hey, everyone, this is what we're going to chat about today. Or I have something to share with you guys. Say, hi, this is what we're going to chat about today. Or, hey, I'm super excited to chat with you about XYZ today. Or, I have this special announcement that I want to share with you. And let me tell you, as I was recording this, (laughs) I was four minutes into recording this episode. And after I got done with point number one, I went on to point number two and I said, we or us or something along those lines. That was a group word. And I literally started the podcast over again because I <laughs> I was like, I'm not implementing what I just specifically talked about in point number one, that there is so much power in saying you. Again, it doesn't just apply to Instagram. This even applies to my podcast, as I was just saying, where you are the one that's listening. You. And so when I say the word you, it just feels like it's you and me in the room, right? We're just chatting. You're just listening to me. You're doing your hot girl walks. You're listening to me in the car, in the shower, wherever you're listening to me. But the second that I start saying you guys or we or us, subconsciously, you now feel disconnected. 
because it doesn't feel like a one-on-one conversation and you don't feel special because I'm speaking to more than one person. And most of the time, you don't even recognize that you're using these group terms versus just you. Again, it's like when you hop on stories, I used to do this all the time. I would hop on stories and be like, hey, you guys, I have something to share with you. Or, hey, guys, or you'll never believe, you know, you'll never believe what I have to share with you. Well, I guess you guys, because <laughs> if I said, if you never had, if you'd never guessed what I had to share with you, that would be perfect. So I used to do this all the time on stories. And you might be doing this on stories. I would say stories are probably the biggest place that I see this happen. If you do a lot of live videos, maybe you find yourself in that as well. But I would say I see this most on stories. So just being really aware of that, because again, there's so much power in getting people to feel like you're talking directly to them and it's just you and them versus you and a bunch of other people. Number two, and we'll see if we can get this. Oh, I already did that. I already did it. I'm not going to start over. Use that as an example. We'll see if I can get through this episode or we'll see if you and I can get through through this episode without saying we or us or you guys, okay? You guys can count up. You, oh my gosh, there we go again. You can count up. (laughs) This is actually hilarious. You can count how many times I mess up. And if you count and you send me a direct message, tell me how many times I said you guys or we or us and I use group terms versus you. And again, it's like, this is actually a perfect learning opportunity. And this is funny that this is happening. Number two, (laughs) make your link in bio more interactive. What do I mean by this? How many times have you clicked into someone's link and there are 15 or 20, there's even some links that I've clicked into where there are 30 links inside of there. I don't even know where to start. It's overwhelm city. (laughs) So people get overwhelmed with more than three links in a row. So odds are pretty high that you have more more than three links to share. I have more than three links to share. So what, what can be done about that? You can create an interactive link in bio. What do I mean by that? If you go look at my link in bio right now on Instagram, that's a perfect example, but let me just paint the picture for you. Instead of it being a link tree where it's a link after a link after a link after a link, you're breaking it up with visuals, whether that be pictures or maybe some white space or maybe some videos. And it's not just a link and a link and a link and a link. It's like maybe you have like a little about me in your link in bio, or maybe you add in, you know, a few pictures of your travels because you really like to travel. It's adding in these visuals to really break up these links. So it's not just a link and a link and a link and a link. And it really helps with the overwhelm that people get when they click on the link in your bio. And I would say another thing with making it more interactive as well, and it kind of depends on the platform that you're utilizing right now for your link in bio, but I would say most link in bios don't allow you to add a description below like your link. So as an example, most of my links would just say like the online blueprint, scalability, IG university. And so when would someone, someone would click on the link in my bio, it would just be the online blueprint, scalability, IG university. And if they had, if they had never heard me talk about those offers before, 
they're not going to know what that is without clicking into the link. And if I have a bunch of links and they're getting overwhelmed, they're probably not even going to get to the point where they click into each link to figure out what it is. And so when you make your bio interactive, you can also add in descriptions below. So it's like scalability. Learn how to scale your business to your first 5K, 25K, and 50K months. You know without even clicking into that link what that offer is about. And there's so much power in that because, again, there's no overwhelm or there's less overwhelm. And they're getting more description of what it is that they're going to click into without having to click into it. So that's a huge, huge, huge one. And I know I'm going to get asked questions about this, so I'm just going to say it. I built my link in bio inside of my website, which was built inside of Show It. I love Show It. And you can actually even type in like on Google, Show It, Show It link in bio templates. And there's a bunch that you can purchase and it would make your life a lot easier than building out like custom. And if you have like a website designer, you can even ask them if you are having them what website design. If you're having them design your website, you can also ask them to build out like a link tree for you. Number three have visuals for your offers. What I mean by this is you want to have graphics for each of your offers. This applies to anything. If you are a done-for-you service provider or you only do maybe one-on-one coaching, have graphics for it because there's there's just something about graphics. Like Psychologically, there's a whole bunch of studies, but I'm not going to go into that that when there are visuals, it really helps our brain to connect the offer to the visual and the visual to the offer. What I mean by that is if you have a bunch of different offers and you talk about them on your stories, you don't want people to get confused about if this offer is this or this or this, this is this, right? Like you don't want people to get confused. So how can you make things a lot more clear it's the visuals. So when you share a visual of, let's just say, for example, the online blueprint, and it says the online blueprint, you know, there's graphic behind it, picture behind it, branding pictures, whatever it is inside of, you know, this visual that you've created here. When people see that, now they're connecting the online blueprint, your offer to that visual. And so when they go then to tap on the link in your bio, or they see maybe in your highlights, you're talking about it, they see that visual again, that connection that they have inside of their head is, I remember her or him talking about XYZ on their stories the other day and it was for the online blueprint and I see this visual here and now that I'm learning more about the online blueprint, I actually want to join the online blueprint. So again, there's a lot of power in visuals and it really helps your offers to be very distinct offers that stand out. Number four, create a start here highlight. If you don't have a start here highlight, you're kind of behind on the times, kind of joking, kind of not joking. (laughs) But there is so much power in having a start here highlight. Basically, what I think of a start here highlight is, is an extension of your bio. We only get, oh, I just said we, you only get, (laughs) you only get so many characters inside of your bio. And you really have to be concise with the language that you use in your bio. So there's probably a lot of things about you that probably got left out of your bio. And so your start here highlight is where you can really expand upon the things that you couldn't include inside of your bio. Or maybe there are even things inside of your bio where you only gave it in a very basic basic context. Wow, English is very hard for me today. You only gave it in a very basic context. So you can expand upon it and 
share on more deep level inside of your start here highlight. Things that I would cover in a start here highlight. Who are you? What are your values? What is your background story? So how did you get to where you are today? What are some fun facts about you or things that you like to do? So like some hobbies, some things that aren't related to your business that will show that you're a human outside of just being a business owner and uh, some links to some of your offers. It doesn't have to be all of your offers. I would say probably your top three best-selling offers is what I would put there. Or you could just put a link to maybe your email list or maybe your podcast or something along those lines where you might have a funnel system or some sort of system that leads them into an offer. That would be another really great thing to do. So those are some things that I would cover inside of your Start Here highlight. But again, just think of it as an extension of your bio. So it's whatever you didn't cover inside of your bio, you're going to expand upon it and also give people a little sneak peek look at who you are as a person. You really want people to connect with you after looking at your Start Here highlight. Inside of my Start Here highlight, one of the things that I share is that my dog is named COVID. And I can't even tell you how many direct messages I've got from people saying, no way. I cannot believe that your dog is named COVID. Or some people will say, oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. Like I have a dog too. And they'll send me a picture of their dog and we're connecting over our dogs. And what happens there is we basically have kind of built a friendship. So now they are more likely to trust me, more likely to interact with me. And there's a lot of power in that. Number five, share testimonials with context. This is actually something that I need to definitely work more on. More on? More on? (laughs) I'm just cracking myself up all over the place today. Uh, Share testimonies with context. What I mean by this is don't just share a screenshotted message of a testimonial that says like, oh my gosh, I joined Stories That Sell and it was so amazing. Thank you so much. And I learned so much. And, you know, I don't even know what else, you know, just the classic screenshotted testimonial. There's a lot of power in that. And I'm not saying that there's anything necessarily bad with that. But what I would say is to spice up your testimonials a little bit. So instead of just sharing a screenshotted message like that, maybe you give, if you know the context, again, this kind of just comes down to if you actually have more context, because sometimes you won't. Let me give you an example of this. One of my one-on-one students that I've actually worked with now multiple times as a one-on-one student, she sent me a screenshot the other day and the screenshot was a, it was a screenshot of, I think it was like her dashboard of where she can see how much her income is. And she had a $21,000 launch. So I could easily just share the screenshot. You know, I could screenshot her direct message. You know, I could crop out her name or anything that's like personal information. I'm not saying to like, you know, share everything about them or anything. Um, If there's anything personal, I would definitely crop that out or, you know, white it out or draw it out or whatever. But I could easily screenshot that, share that on my story and that's it, right? But what? why don't I give some context on that? I could say, this client came to me and I'm going to give you real, this is real life context here that I could share on my stories. This client came to me in the first few months of my business. So I think it was in like my fourth month of business. She booked a one hour coaching call with me. And after that one hour coaching call, I think at the time of her booking that she had 850 followers on Instagram. And she came back to me, I want to say six months later, and she had hit 10,000 followers on Instagram by implementing the things that we talked about inside of our one-on-one call. 
she had also purchased several of my other offers like IG University, List Building, actually List Building 101 wasn't out by then, um, Real Talk. And then she also has continued on to purchase a lot more of my offers. And so I could even give that context of like all of the offers that she's purchased from me. If I go into my dashboard in Kajabi, I could pull that up pretty easy. And then she actually signed on for a one-month coaching container with me at the end of 2022, where we ran through her entire offer suite, her launch strategy for her course that she just sent me a screenshot of that had a $21,000 launch. And so that right there, you can see her journey. And there's so much more power in that than just sharing a screenshot of, hey, she made $21,000. So that's what I mean by really sharing the context of the testimonial. But again, you might not have the context with every single testimonial. There are some of my students who I haven't done one-on-one coaching with, but I know that they've been in a few of my other offers. So I could give context on the other offers that they might have purchased. But there are also people who I don't really have any context on their messages unless they give me context. And that's another thing that you might do too, is you might even ask them for some context of like, hey, you know, what were you struggling with before you joined XYZ? Or where were you currently at in terms of your income before joining XYZ? Or, you know, just asking these questions and odds are pretty high that they're going to say, hey, yeah, I would love to give you that information. And you could even say, you know, if you give me this information, I can either keep it private um, or I can, you know, keep like your name out of it or I can even tag you on stories. And a lot of times people would love to be tagged on stories because it means more visibility for them. So there's a few different things that you can do there. Number six, caption your IG stories. Only about half of people listen to Instagram stories with the sound on. Only about half of people. I am one of those people that does not listen to stories with the sound on. I rely on captions or like text boxes to inform me of what that person is talking about. There are very few times, like probably on a monthly basis, I can probably count on three fingers. (laughs) So three times on a monthly basis where I will turn on the sound for someone's story. I don't turn on sound hardly ever. And it's usually because when I'm listening or watching stories, I'm not really in a place where I would want to, you know, turn on the sound for stories. So I rely heavily on captions. If someone is talking on stories and there's no captions, or if someone has a talking reel and there's no captions, what am I doing? I'm swiping past. I'm swiping past. So just make sure that you are captioning your stories. And if you don't have the caption feature on Instagram, because I know there are a lot of people who don't have that feature, there is an app called Captions and it has a purple cover on it. And it is a really, really great app. And I think also CapCut, don't quote me on this, but I think CapCut also has a caption feature on there as well. So if you have CapCut, you can test that out as well. Number seven, Open up your insights on Instagram for posts, not reels, and I want you to filter for four specific analytics. Number one is reach, but not just reach in general. I really want you to look at reach for non-followers. Number two, follows. Number three, shares. And number four, website taps. And these are insights that you want to be tracking basically on a week-to-week basis to really make sure that your strategy is working, to make sure that you're getting new eyes on your Instagram account, and again, just to make sure that things are going the way that you want them to go. Or if they're not going the way that you want them to go, you can really utilize this data to shift things to then, you know, help your Instagram pick up in terms of reach, in terms of growth. 
So again, your reach, but specifically your reach in terms of non-followers, the amount of follows that you got from a post, that's so important because even if you have a bunch of reach, but you didn't have a lot of people convert into follows, a bunch of reach in terms of non-follows, I should say, but a lot of those people didn't convert into follows, then there's something that's probably lacking that I would look into. Shares is the third one. Shares are really important because I basically think of these like free ads for your Instagram account. When people are sharing it with their friends, when they're sharing it on their stories, referrals are so powerful. And so that is such a great way to reach more people. And then lastly, website taps. Website taps are really important, especially as a business owner, because we want people to not just follow us on Instagram, but actually become customers. And so when you see website taps, usually I will look at the call to action on the post or especially for a carousel post. If I have like the last slide of my carousel post is like a a little graphic of one of my offers. So sometimes I'll promote my offers at the very end of my carousel post where it's like, hey, if you enjoyed information about XYZ, I actually dive deeper into that inside of this offer, tap the link in my bio. So I'll look at the call to actions and I'll really also look at the content in general to see if that's driving a lot of traffic to my website. Number uh, I think we're on eight. Create a series of content. And I would say specifically reels, but this is also great for like carousel type of posts as well. What I mean by this is like a part one, a part two, part three, part four, five, you know, so on and so forth. It doesn't have to be that long though. It could even just be like a three part series. My Instagram hacks that I bet you didn't know, I think I'm on part like 32 at this point right now. Again, it doesn't have to be that long of a series to be that powerful. But what happens when you have a series is let's just say you have a five part series. When you get to, let's just say you're creating part four and you post it and it goes viral. And what's going to happen when people see part four? They're going to be thinking, well, there's probably a part three and a part two and a part one. So they're going to come to your Instagram account and they're probably going to search through your Instagram account to find those other parts. And so what happens is, number one, you create bingeable content. And number two, you're getting people to stay on your account for longer and also probably most likely hit the follow button as well. So there's a lot of power in in creating a series of content. And again, it doesn't have to be a a 30-part series. It could be a a three-part series. It could be even a two-part series. You know, if it's multi-parts, you could even say, uh, depending on how often you're launching the parts, like, you know, stay tuned for part one, launching on Tuesday of next week, and you can get people excited about that, and you can get people tuning back into your Instagram account. Number nine is pinned content. If you already have pinned content on your feed and also on your Reels tab, because you can actually pin in two different places. What I would also recommend if you are pinning in two different places is to have different pinned content on your feed than you do on your reels tab. So even if you have reels that are pinned on your feed, I would make it different reels than you have pinned on your reels tab. Since you only really have six different pieces of content that you can pin, you really want to make sure that you're utilizing them to the best of your abilities. So what I would recommend is either switching up your pinned content because sometimes I just think that as content creators, we're so focused on you know doing all of the things that we need to do that we kind of forget about updating things like pinned content. So I would suggest either switching it up or optimizing your pinned content if it's just random things that you pin, like really getting down into like the nitty gritty of like, why do I want to pin this? What are the things that I want people to see first when they come to my Instagram account? I would highly recommend not just pinning your most viral pieces of content and really thinking about 
what content will really resonate with my community and what content is like the content that I want people to see when they first come to my Instagram account. And then if you haven't pinned any content, I would recommend creating content to either pin or looking on your feed and getting that content pinned. And then 10, which is the very final tip, is to perform the seven second test on your own Instagram account. And what I mean by this is psychologically, as consumers, we, within seven seconds of seeing someone's Instagram account, judge whether or not we're going to follow them and also whether or not we are going to trust that person. Does this mean that if you know, someone doesn't build that trust within seven seconds that you can't ever build that trust. No, not necessarily the case, but we do make these judgments within seven seconds. And there are even some studies that say that it's even a microsecond. Actually, I don't know if that's a word. Uh, a millisecond, uh, a split second. <laughs> we make these split second decisions when it comes to whether or not we're going to follow an account. So I really want you to look at the accounts that you follow ask yourself, why do I follow these accounts? What do they do well? And then look at your account and say, would I follow myself? And really have an honest conversation with yourself. Would you actually follow your own account? If you wouldn't, what needs to change? And oftentimes, it's the first impression which comes down to the visuals. And so if you're thinking about your Instagram account in that seven seconds, what are people usually looking at? Your profile picture, your bio, your highlight covers, your pinned content. That's really the four things that people are looking at. So those need to be so optimized and so visually appealing, not in the terms that it has to be perfectly aesthetically pleasing. That's not what I'm saying, but there needs to be a visual aspect to your Instagram account. So really ask yourself, do I pass the seven second test? If not, what can I do to make sure that I do pass the seven second test and what I follow myself? So I hope that these 10 tips were super helpful and there will be more podcast episodes like this in the future. And if you uh, made it this far, let me know how many times I said we or you guys versus you after teaching you the lesson that you should say you. <laughs> Thanks for tuning into this episode and I will chat with you on the next episode. If this episode has served you in any way, I'd love it if you shared what you've learned, any aha moments that you may have had, or something that you loved, and tag me on Instagram at Maya Nicole. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave a five-star review so that we can continue to learn and grow together. Thank you so much for your support. I love you, and I'll talk to you in the next episode.